0: Welcome to She's Up Next,
1: a podcast focused on positive women's media representation and amplifying the voices
0: of young female changemakers. We're here to have open conversations with teenage girls our age with accomplishments in activism, STEM, entrepreneurship, and more.
1: Join us for this week's episode to catch up with what's new in our busy lives and fuel your motivation to achieve your own dreams through the inspiring stories of others like you. I'm your
0: co-host, Jackie Acosta.
1: And I'm Dory Miller. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to
0: She's Up Next. I'm Dory, And I'm Jackie. And we're so excited to have everyone back for our second episode.
1: Woo! We are recording on Zoom for the first time. I mean, we've only recorded one episode (laughs) thus far, but we are now transitioning to Zoom because we have our first guest today. I know. This is so exciting. Yeah. We'll get more into that in a bit. (laughs) Okay. So we wanted to start out with a little catch up with each other. We have both been away for a long time. Um, so we're going to mesh that with one of our segments, our joyful moment of the week. And we'll both talk about what we've been up to. It's more of a joyful moment of the past 10 days, two exactly. weeks. Exactly, yeah. But I guess I can share one joyful moment of my day to start, probably for Jackie too. Um, as we mentioned in the last episode, San Francisco is very foggy and cold during- Yes summers and today the sun came out um so I know that made me very happy put me in a better mood it looks kind of windy out right now I haven't really gone to go outside so far but I plan to after this just to get some fresh air go on a walk or something so I'm excited about the sun and I'm hoping it stays like this for the next couple weeks Jesus.
0: Yeah. Same here. I know I spent most of my morning trying to catch up on my summer homework because <laughs> Me too. although I promised myself that I'd get started early, I, of course, have put it off and have like two books to read and a couple assignments for a couple of my APs that I need to get done. So I was hunkered down in my room for a couple hours trying to catch up. And then I looked outside and, and the sun was out. I was It was definitely a delightful <laughs> surprise. I think it's still cold, but at least the sun is out. I think that's still a plus.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm in the same boat as Jackie. I started my summer reading a long time ago, but didn't really continue with a steady pace. I got through maybe 80 pages of one book, 70 pages <laughs> of another, and then – started reading other books and just got busy. So I was right before this, I was reading my book outside. So that's another reason I'm, I'm happy about the warm weather is I love reading in the sun. Um, and I just think it makes reading so much more enjoyable. So I'm happy about that. I'm glad I got to do that. I got through a little bit more today of great expectations. We, Mm. Jackie and I both have to read the color purple and great expectations by Charles Dickens for our AP lit class. Um, yeah, it's Great Expectations is a long book. It is very good. Obviously, the writing is <laughs> amazing. <laughs> no, sure. No better way to you can put it that it. way. But yeah, it's but it's it's difficult. It is difficult to read and really get yourself to sit down and get through. So I know I will be pace, trying to pace myself as best as I can for the next couple of next 25 days before
0: I we have class. I'm I'm not being too hard on myself because to mm-hmm. be honest, I feel like this summer has definitely like flown by.
1: Uh it really did.
0: Where did <laughs> where where did it go? Like I'm looking at the calendar and it's almost August? Like we I start know. school in like less than three <laughs> weeks. Is can you believe that Dory? I, I honestly I
1: can't. I don't even I don't even know what I did this summer at this point. It's all such a blur. And I guess Looking back, it did. I feel like I did a lot. It just never really felt like summer, if that makes any sense. Even though we were in person for school, I think COVID has just warped everyone's perception of vacation time, being at home. I don't know. I don't even know if that makes sense, but it did not feel like summer. But I will say, I love back to school time. I love fall. I love school yes. supply shopping. Yes. I know a couple months from now, I will be retracting that statement and wishing it was still <laughs> summer, but I am very excited for the beginning of the school year and we're seniors. So oh my as gosh. stressful as it's going to be, I feel like it will be fun and we have a lot of fun school activities to look forward to. So I'm trying to keep a positive mindset, even though I technically do not want summer to end
0: same here I'm gonna cherish these last few weeks and really try to enjoy myself before getting thrown back into the hectic routine of of school but at the same st- yeah. I am still excited you know like Dory said we have a lot of school activities planned mm-hmm. and and we are seniors so there definitely comes with its perks <laughs> um so I guess gonna take the good with the bad but yeah getting back to our joyful moments of the, of the past 10 days yes Or you just came back from camp.
1: Yes, I did. I also, another reason why my perception of time is so weird right now is because I've been gone for 10 days and they've all kind of blended together already. Cause I feel like a few days ago I was at home doing my same routine I've been doing. And I keep thinking that the days before camp were only a few days ago. So I don't know where the 10 days I was at camp went, but they seem to slip from my memory. Just kidding. They're still there, but <laughs> it's it's weird not having your phone. As I mentioned in the last episode, I didn't have my phone for those 10 days. It really makes – being actually being at camp felt like a really long time. I felt like I was there for at least a month despite it only being 10 days because you're so much more present and the days go by so much longer when you're really – living in the moment with people. I had long classes all day. I would be hanging out with friends and just enjoying my time there. So I'll talk a little bit about that. But I was at a theater camp down in Santa Cruz areas in Felton, California. Um, It's through an organization called Young Actors Theater Camp um, or Camp YTC uh, that I went to when I was summer going into sixth grade and then I went for their winter camp in sixth grade. And I've not gone back since just because I've had busy summers and never really had the opportunity to again. Um, and it was between this and doing some kind of service trip abroad this summer. And I decided one, it felt safer to do something with, in California um, mm-hmm. with the pandemic and everything. And also I I do love theater and I, I loved getting to do Um, my school was able to put on a play back in April and May, and I really realized then how much I do love acting and performing. So my mom and I agreed that it would be really nice for me to just have 10 days to focus on literally nothing but doing what I love um, with people who also love theater, love Um, film and acting and just all the things that I enjoy doing um, that I haven't gone to focus on a ton this year because I've been doing a lot of other things, whether for student council or for the climate summit, social media, uh, whatever it may be. So I think that was definitely the most joyful moment was literally getting 10 days to not worry about anything in the real world, no work, no high school friendship, drama, whatever, mm-hmm. literally just getting to meet new people. I made so many amazing friends that like my whole cabin, we have a group chat and we've been texting every day since leaving camp. And I have like my three best friends I made there. It's really cool. And they're people from all over the Bay area. There's a few out-of-state people. Like I have a friend now from Colorado, one from Wyoming. Oh, how cool. So yeah, it was really, it was really cool. And Like I was saying, we had classes every day. They were about an hour and a half. You would have three a day. And they didn't, they really didn't feel that long because you had a lot of activity times mixed in there where you just, you could go to fun little like crafting activities or go to the pool. I never actually did that. But um, one of the classes I actually got to do, well, first there was, there were things like monologue, technique, um, musical theater, voice, dance, improv. We did SFX makeup. We did stage combat, um, but one of the last days we actually got to do a podcasting class, which was really cool because I got to—I've never, obviously, Jackie and I are just starting out podcasting. We've done plenty of research over the past yes. couple of months, but neither of us have gone to take a class or anything or really talk to people about it. So that was definitely one of the highlights of of my camp experience. Was getting to share a little bit about what we're doing here at She's Up Next um, and getting some advice from people who have been podcasting for a long time, have quite a few of their own. So yeah, that was, that was really cool. Um, But yeah, that's kind of the summary. And it was just, it was just so much fun. Theater camp is unlike anything I've ever been to. It is the most inclusive place ever. There's people of every identity. Um, There's it, it's a really cool split. It's a really cool space. That's very unlike the school that Jackie and I go to that is mm-hmm. diverse in some senses, but this place is a lot different. Um, and like, there's so many different people, different sexual identities and, um, gender orientation. So it was just, it was really nice to be in a, in an environment that's uh, very unlike what I'm used to. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's my joyful moment of the past 10 days. I am excited to be home, but I miss camp a lot and I really enjoyed being there and having that break away from the real world. But yeah, Jackie has also been
0: quite busy. I've been kind of a jet setter these past couple of weeks. Um, like Dory, I was not home for the past 10 days. I actually just got back from Atlanta. Um, where I played in a basketball tournament, one of my last like travel <laughs> club basketball tournaments, which is like kind of crazy to think about because I've been playing club since like third grade and I never actually thought it would like end. And now, it's oh, so this is the- your last. Not just for the summer, but for good. Yeah, for good. Oh my gosh, club. I didn't realize
1: that. Oh, that's and Neither crazy. had I until
0: I had really thought about <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, so we spent like five days in Atlanta. We had a back, two back-to-back tournaments um, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I just got back um, Sunday night. Um, and then before that, I was actually in New York and Boston with my mom. So we str- <laughs> I'm so jealous. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Dory and I obviously are, are seniors and application season is fast approaching. It's literally so here. <laughs> I, don't remind me, but it, it's, it's right around the corner. So my mom wanted to fit in um, a couple last college visits before, you know, we actually started applying and kind of finalized my list of schools because I mm-hmm. really want to go back east. So we had to make a priority to go see some of the schools I was thinking of applying to out there. So mm-hmm. we spent three days in New York City and then one day in Boston. Um, and then I guess we, saw, uh, we were able to see about like eight schools in total. So like NYU and Columbia and New York and then we saw like Boston College, Boston University, mm-hmm. Northeastern, Harvard, and Boston, all in one day, might I add.
1: Yeah, very, I know. I was going to say, I can't believe you were you were only in Boston for one day and you got through all those schools. Neither can that I. That is crazy.
0: Yeah. Looking back at it, I'm like, how did we do this? <laughs> I, my feet were hurting by the end of the day. I just wanted to lay down. So much walking, but it was yeah. worth it. It was worth yeah. it. I my loved Irish. both of the cities, like absolutely mm-hmm. fell in love with both Boston and New York. and could definitely be happy ending up in either of those cities. Um oh, yeah. But I guess the highlight of my trip or like my joyful mm-hmm. moment would be um, um, our second to last day in New York. My mom and I decided to visit the Met because we had some time left and so I'd cool. never been. And I love going to museums. Like we have a couple here in San Francisco mm-hmm. and I just remember going on them, like on field trips and things like that. Yeah. And I went to the Louvre in France um, a couple, like two summers ago, and absolutely loved it. So it's like, of course, let's go to yeah. the Met. Um, and I mean, you probably, I don't know if this was like extra or a little over the top, but <laughs> while we were there, I decided to like have a full on like main character moment. And like, I put in my AirPods and I like was listening to classical music while we walked oh, around gosh. the different galleries. And it was amazing. Oh my God.
1: See, I would laugh more if. I, I would have done the exact same thing had I been in your shoes. So I think that was very fitting. And yeah, that's, that's exactly what you should do when you're at the Met. And yeah, I'll let you, I'll let you continue that. But (laughs) I mean, honestly, I felt like
0: I was there by myself, like totally in my own space, just enjoying the art, like, especially when you're walking around, like, Like the Renaissance art and like European painters, Mm -hmm. like it definitely fit the vibe. And I was like, oh my God, I have a new appreciation for art and music. And I should look to do this like more often. Like just like you were talking about how not having your device was like allowing you to be present, be in the moment. In that moment, I just remember like embracing the present and just kind of like being happy with where I was and with who I am. And it was just like a great feeling like we spent that's so amazing three hours there walking around i'm like oh my gosh i just had so much fun i really
1: want to see both new york and boston so i'm keeping my fingers crossed that's i mean you've been to, i know you've
0: been to new york right or, no no i have oh, not wow. everyone
1: people always think that's so crazy because i'm a musical theater kid i love yeah. seeing shows like downtown in san francisco but i've never been to a real broadway show because i've never been to new york And I'm also obsessed with the Today Show. So I really, for my 18th birthday, which is in October, I would love to go to the um, Today Show Plaza and bring a sign or something like that. So that's my goal for fall. Hopefully that happens. But I think I'm definitely going to Boston because that's one of the top areas I'm looking at for school. so. Um, So going off of what Jackie was mentioning earlier about her little main character moment in New York, our quote of the week is one that I think one of my favorite podcasts, as as we mentioned last week, Gals on the Go. I believe they've shared this, but I love this quote so much. And I am a huge advocate of romanticizing your life. Yes. I I think I'm pretty good about it. I do it very often. I always have. I, I love finding meanings behind things that probably don't have any meaning behind them, but I do it anyways, because I think that's what makes life so beautiful and worth it, I guess. I don't know. I, I love doing this, but I'll share the quote right now. So it says, you've got to start romanticizing your life. You got to start believing that your morning commute is cute and fun, that every cup of coffee is the best you've ever had, that even the smallest and most mundane things are exciting and new. You have to because that's when you start truly living. That's when you look forward to every day.
0: Um, I'm definitely, I'm trying to get better at doing that. I think I get caught Mm -hmm. up in like schoolwork and like sports and things that I don't really take the time to just like enjoy the little things I think that's yeah. why that moment at the Met was so was so <laughs> <laughs> meaningful to me because I hadn't yeah. really done that before and I probably should be doing it more often
1: I feel like that's going to be one of your core memories I can tell that just really will stick with you especially even if you don't decide to go to school in New York I think that'll definitely draw you back there someday
0: I think I think that's right yeah for sure
1: yeah yeah Yeah. Okay. So moving on from that, we have a, one of our fun slash chilly slash random questions of the week. So today's is what would be your perfect day? So Jackie, please describe to us what your perfect day would be.
0: I think my perfect day would begin probably around 630 because for some reason I feel like When I sleep in like past nine, like I've missed half the day and I definitely consider myself a morning person. So I think I probably start my day fairly early, Um, but nothing too intense, just like wake up, um, Mm -hmm. have breakfast, just like get ready for the day and then try to leave the house by 10. I'd really like to meet up with friends like um, outside and either you know, like go on a bike ride or go on a walk. Mm -hmm. Hopefully the weather is nice that day. I would probably hope that it would be sunny. Um, Maybe go down to like the marina or to the Presidio. (sighs) Yeah. Walk around and then grab lunch. Um, Just hang out with friends and then come home. um, Spend time with family. Watch like reality tv show whether it be <laughs> the bachelor or bachelor in paradise which are recent favorites of mine um and then just <laughs> go to bed early I guess I like that busy. I
1: like I like that that's a simple very productive and just I don't know that just a relaxing relaxing yeah. that's what I was looking for I like that That would probably be similar to mine. At first for this question, I was like, oh, I'd want to have a whole beach day and like be Mm -hmm. on the go. But honestly, I'd probably my perfect day would probably be taking it slow because I feel like I don't get to do that too often, even on the days where I'm home all day. It's because I am doing work at home all day (laughs) and constantly have different to do lists curating through my brain and like jotting things down that I need to do later but yeah, mine would definitely start early. Probably I like to get up at seven every day. Um, so yeah, I'd say probably seven is when I would wake up. And it'd be sunny, it'd have to be sunny, otherwise it's, it's much hard harder day. to get out of bed. Yeah, and you just want to stay in your warm bed. That's how I was this morning when my alarm went off. I did not, did not want to get up and wake <laughs> up to another day of fog. Speaking of which, it looks like the fog is coming back. But no. Hopefully it will go away for the rest. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I know. Uh, Who knows? Anyways. um, And I do my whole morning routine that I discussed in the last episode with my avocado toast and my green tea, Um, watch the Today Show like I always do. Um, And then definitely because I do enjoy the feeling of getting my to-do list done. I'd probably do a little bit of work in the morning just so I can have the feeling of productivity and fulfillment for the day. And then yo, Oh, no, 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 I Before breakfast, I love to do yoga. Um, oh, yes. And it would be, um, I'd have like a, a good hour to do it because usually I just get to do a 10 to 15 minute one right before I eat because I'll be trying to get breakfast done so I can move on to the next thing. But yeah. Um, and then definitely spend time with friends. I'd maybe spend time with family in the morning, but I do I do like to spend time with friends and I feel like I haven't gone to in a long time just because I haven't gone. Um, but yeah, definitely spend time with friends and just talk and catch up with whoever it may be. Maybe a group of friends, maybe do like lunch with one friend and then hang out with a group later. Something like that. And then probably I probably would want to go to the beach. Um, just for a little bit, or do do one of my long walks, because that is my that is my main character moment every day, is my long walks where I listen to music. And so I'd have to have that incorporated into my day somehow. Then maybe come home and watch one of my favorite TV shows for a little bit, or maybe watch like a little bit of every single one of my comfort shows. Because I don't know what I would decide as my number one. Maybe watch a movie, something like that. But definitely have like a cozy night at home, order takeout of some kind. Yeah, I think pretty similar to yours. Just something yeah. relaxing. I feel Slow like since yeah, since you and I are so on the go all the time, that our perfect day is definitely one where we're just relaxed wow. and not worrying about any of it or trying to rush t- onto the next thing. So. Yeah, I definitely, definitely agree that that's what the perfect day would look like.
0: I mean, it's good that we are able to catch up and do our yeah. joyful moment of the week. Now we can get ready for our guest. Doris yes. would you like to tell us a little bit about Amelia?
1: Yeah, so our guest today is Amelia Fortgang. I have now known her for a little over a year through the Bay Area Youth Climate Summit, which, as I've mentioned, is an, an organization um, revolving around climate justice and education in the Bay Area. Um, And I'm the social media lead for that. But Amelia is the chair. She started it last summer with um, a few other girls from her high school, um, Lake Wilmerding High School in San Francisco, which is pretty Mm -hmm. close to where Jackie and I go. Um, Different school, but nearby. Um, And she's a senior, just like Jackie and I. Um, And she has such an incredible resume in terms of um, environmental science work and Climate justice organizing. She is an Earth Echo Youth Leadership Council member and a social media and outreach team member for Fridays for Future. And I'm sure she has much more she's done that she can talk about when she joins us in a few minutes. Um, but yeah, she's amazing and I've loved working with her. She is she just she's so impressive to me. And both Jackie and I thought of her immediately when we were coming up with guests for our For our podcast and I'm just so excited that it worked out that she can be here and is so willing to record and just chat with us about everything she's done and what advice she has to give to aspiring climate activists so we're we're very very excited to have that conversation with her so yeah thank you guys for catching up with us and listening in to what we've been up to um yeah, we'll be back to introduce Amelia and start our conversation with her. Welcome back, everyone. We are now here with Amelia Fortgang. Amelia, want to say hi and start introducing yourself a little bit, whatever you want to share, anything like
2: that. <laughs> hi, Dory. Thank you for having me. I'm Amelia. I'm a high school senior from San Francisco, and I'm also the chair of the Bay Area Youth Climate Summit, which I'll talk a little bit about today.
1: Awesome. So to get started with all of our guests, since Amelia is our first one, we decided it would be fun to do some BuzzFeed quizzes to help get to know our guests, but it's more just to have a funny conversation about it because as most people know, BuzzFeed quizzes usually do not give the most accurate results. They're so, also
0: on the most random topics.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. For example, our first quiz is, Jackie, do you want to read it?
0: <laughs> yes. It says, we'll reveal your ideal Disney princess roommate, but you have to first build your dream home. And I, I saw that yeah. and I was like, how could they know? Um I guess I can share my results first. I got Elsa and the, oh, the reasoning yeah. behind it says, you're regal, reserved, and emotional. You're a strong and honest leader who cares deeply for others. So I guess Elsa and I would- Yours be- is
1: accurate.
0: Would you would you really, you think so?
1: No. I mean, the last part, the the leader, the, the leadership, leadership one. Yeah, yeah. So I guess-
0: I will be moving into the ice castle very soon.
1: (laughs) I guess you will be. I feel like when we first did this, I got a different result. But when I took it today, I got Ariel, which I feel like could be accurate. It says, you're bright, curious, and dreamy. You love trying new things and putting yourself out there. So definitely interesting, but not the the craziest of results I could have gotten. Yeah. Amelia's, on the other hand, let me just say, it's just not describe her well but Amelia <laughs> if you want to share the result you got
2: well mine changed the first time and the yeah. second okay time. okay good the first time I got Cinderella was a little confused about that and then <laughs> the second time I got Mulan you're strong oh. tough and loving you care deeply for your loved ones and would do absolutely anything for them which okay just fun. kidding yeah
1: that's, that's much better than what the Cinderella description was.
0: <laughs> it's interesting that you can get two different response. I mean, I guess obviously it's based off your choices, but I
1: just- yeah. But if you quizzes. change one, you can get a completely different result.
0: Yeah. It's ridiculous but they're still fun. I remember they in are school. I would definitely spend too much time scrolling. To
1: Me too. I, I don't even want to know how many I've actually taken in my lifetime, but I used to have the app and that's when I was bored and didn't have uh-huh. anything to do on my phone. I would just go on the app and take quizzes for hours. It was, it was very bad. I didn't <laughs> that's all I know I can say.
2: that's an app. Probably the best really? for my middle school
1: self. Yeah. Yeah. Probably oh yeah. Better. I yeah. wish, Agreed. I wish I could have saved myself from that, but I did not. Yeah. So that's our, that's going to be our fun little icebreaker with all of our guests. But I think, I think that was a good idea. That was Jackie's idea. I really, I really enjoyed that. So now we want to talk to Amelia a little bit about what she's been up to this summer. She is currently at, in staying at a cabin in Massachusetts. So I don't want to say too much about that. I'll let you explain your situation, Amelia, and what you've been up to over there.
2: Um, yes, so I'm living in a cabin in the middle of the woods for two months, um, pretty much alone, but some of my extended family members are here. Definitely very different than living in a city, um, you know, like it's a five-minute walk to go and eat something or go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. or um, and the nearest place is like 15 minutes driving away, so That's it's crazy. pretty different. No Muni, unfortunately. <laughs>
1: Oh yes, definitely a big change of scenery having having always been in San Francisco. So, that's I I just think that's so cool when you first told me about that. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I don't know if I could do that, but it's definitely something I would like to do." I'm actually I'm going to Minnesota this week. So, similar situation, but I'll be with my family and my cousins and everything. So, I feel like a lot less isolated than you've been while you've been over there. I and know, you'll probably have running water in your house. Yes. Oh, yes, definitely. Although, there's apparently a drought in Minnesota, and my grandma is worried about her well, because all of the water comes from her well. So well? we have a well, yeah. too. Really? Does the water Nobody. taste terrible? I know. Oh, no, it tastes oh, so good. Really? Okay. Yes,
2: it's really minerally. I like it. I don't know how okay. I'm going to go back to San Francisco water. Oh, my god. Yeah, San Francisco
1: water is, like, ta- I love Tahoe water. San Francisco water... No, not it. But yeah, my grandma's water has always smelled terrible. At oh. least when, because like when you're brushing your teeth and the, I don't know. I've never been a fan. The drinking water is fine because it just comes from the fridge. But yeah, so definitely. how does that
0: work? Do you have to like go get water from the no? Well, it's
1: it <laughs> no. It goes through the pipes and everything. Ah. It's not like you're literally bringing a, a bucket to okay. the well. Yeah. Nothing like that. But apparently the water source is the well that I've never actually seen. So yeah. But because of the drought, my grandma is a little nervous about what it's going to be like having my four person family come when she's, it's usually just her. So yeah. But I'm looking forward to that either way. But yeah.
2: Yeah, Amelia, what else have you been up
1: to? Yeah. Well, you've been over there
2: um let's see I've just been spending a lot of time in nature um and right. it has been so nice since I do climate activism and it's mostly digital mm-hmm. um but also being able to connect with what I'm protecting at the same time is really awesome yeah. um and then I'm also doing a climate public opinion research internship which has been really cool. um and then I used to live here as well so I'm connecting mm-hmm. with some old friends That's
0: awesome. Yeah, we talked about in our last segment, like romanticizing your life and having (laughs) like a full-on main character moment. And it definitely sounds like you are embracing that over there in Massachusetts.
2: Definitely. character summer. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds amazing.
1: (laughs) Um, So now we wanted to move on to a little bit about what the Bay Area Youth Climate Summit is and what the goals of the organization is. Obviously, I've... Stuff I can share about this, but I, we want to hear more from you, and we'll get into some more detailed questions after that. we just want to hear what your general explanation of Bay CS is.
2: So, the Bay Area Youth Climate Summit started as an event, but it sort of expanded into this activism network throughout the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, and we connect a lot of high schoolers that are interested in the environment, and we have um monthly educational workshops we also host events like our first summit which we can get into um and then we give people the tools to start their own climate action plans in their schools like things like fundraising for solar panels or putting up air quality sensors around san bruno or doing a clothing swap
1: i I'm so impressed with how far Bay CS has come from just being, like you were saying, that one-time event into an entire network. And I've just, I've loved being a part of it and getting to watch it grow. So yeah, I'm really excited that you can be here to share more about that and just have a space to explain what what work has gone into it and all of that. So Jackie, do you want to start with the first question we
0: have? Yeah, so we were wondering if you could walk us through one of your earliest memories of understanding the severity of the climate crisis and like what really sparked your interest in climate activism.
2: So I think the earliest memory for me when I was really confronted with the climate crisis was in seventh or eighth grade. You both probably remember this too, but we had this huge wildfire season. Mm And the AQI was so bad that at our school, they actually canceled school for a few days. Yeah. Um, We had to stay inside. There were people wearing masks, which does seem normal (laughs) now, but it was not. Yeah. (laughs) Not at all. I agree. And that was just, it was scary. We went to school and there was ash on our picnic tables and That's the first time I realized that the climate crisis isn't a future issue. It was an issue that we were actually experiencing in California. Um, And then since then, the fire the year after has become even more record-breaking. You know, the AQI has been even worse. And it's just pretty scary to witness, even in the amount of time that I've lived here. I've really seen this huge change, and I'm sure you both have, too, in Mm -hmm. the climate.
0: Yeah, I remember that year or that those couple of days. We had always heard about like the like fire situation wildfire situation mm-hmm. in the bay area in California being severe but I had never experienced it firsthand and then when that had happened and we weren't allowed to go to school we weren't allowed to go outside and it was like dark because of all the ash in the air it was like really eye-opening and like you said wearing masks for the first time I was like why do we have to wear masks <laughs> and now obviously we all are used to it but yes. yeah I remember just being feeling like we were like I don't know not in control anymore
1: yeah it's weird. I really love what you said about climate change being an issue now, not one in the future, because I know this year, my my ethics class, we had a whole unit on climate change, and people kept referring to it as like, oh, if climate change happens, or things that were all being referred to in the future tense, and my teacher kept correcting them and saying, climate change is not a future issue, it is something that is happening to us right here and right now, and affects everyone. I mean, we we are pretty lucky and I don't, we really haven't been, San Francisco has not been too affected by any crazy natural disasters aside from the smoke. We haven't experienced any intense wildfires because we are in urban city, but it is really, really devastating to see how much it's affected California and even just areas that are an hour away from us or even less. So yeah, I think that was a really important point you made there. Yeah, so we can move into our next question, which is how did you first become involved in climate activism and what was your first step after you you really understood how, how much of a reality climate change is?
2: So let's just say that when I was first introduced to climate change, it was not a very exciting issue. We had this <laughs> little school green team that would go around and be, remind classrooms to turn their lights off and recycle, but that yeah. was pretty much the extent. I mean, it was really a combination of factors that once I actually got to see what the climate crisis was and how people were taking action, um, that really inspired me. So. I mean, I think the first one was that I've always really been interested in science. Um, And when that combined with this social justice aspect um, that I'd also really always been interested in, um, it really clicked for me. And also at that time, I was sort of, as I mentioned, like we were seeing the effects of the climate crisis. Um, And Mm -hmm. so then after those three things, that really motivated me. So I think the first, the first way I got involved was through an organization called Earth Echo. I sort of applied on a whim yeah. to this citizen science water challenge ambassador program. Um, I was like, science, cool. I'd love to learn more about that. Um, and then once I got there, I had so many opportunities to both learn more and then also connect with these 19 other youth leaders that were doing Mm -hmm. things in their schools, like running environmental clubs or organizations and things that I never thought I could do. Um, And at first I was really intimidated, but in the end, I think I was just really inspired to see that people my own age were doing things like that. The next thing I did after that was I volunteered at the San Francisco Zoo and then the Cal Academy. And I was an interpreter and I learned a lot about how to talk about climate change with people. Mm-hmm. and that's honestly been really helpful since I talked to everyone from ages five to 80 <laughs> about, you know, their favorite animals and how <laughs> climate change will impact them, um, so that was a great experience.
1: Yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, kind of going off of that, we wanted to know what have, what have been some of your biggest inspirations, whether it be a specific person or maybe some kind of organization? What has been your biggest role model um, throughout your activism career?
2: I mean, honestly, the other people that I work with, like mm-hmm. you, Dory. <laughs> um, Thank you. It's just so amazing to see how excited people are about taking action. And yeah, um, it makes me really hopeful that so many people are willing to really dive into this um but I mean as far as people go Ayana Elizabeth Johnson yeah huge inspiration especially <laughs> in the ocean climate policy world mm-hmm.
0: I think it's super inspiring to see people our age kind of yeah. get in um into climate activism and kind of start like getting involved I know like it could be super intimidating to take up a cause that is so impactful across Across our city, across the state, across the nation, but I think people our age are really starting to take control and have kind of become the face of the movement, which is yeah. super, super inspiring.
1: Yeah, they totally have. I think that's what's so amazing about the climate justice movement is that it is primarily youth-based, and most of the most prominent organizations um, of the movement are all were started by teenagers or. Yeah, I just think it. I I completely agree with what you're saying, Jackie. It's it is so inspiring to know that our generation is part of something so vital to the future of humanity, literally. So I I have loved working with Amelia and the rest of the BCS team, and just connecting with other people who have attended the summit, attended our workshops, um, other other networks we've become involved with, and yeah, I just, I just love how much you can see that people really care about climate change and the environment and yeah. So moving on to the next question, we wanted to have you explain a little bit about what the process was like creating B- B- <laughs> creating BCS and what, what your idea was when you decided to start it and maybe what was the hardest part or something you wish you had known, anything that you think would contribute to your explanation?
2: So sort of near the beginning of COVID, we were looking for impactful ways to take climate activism and make it digital. Um, Mm -hmm. Because when I and other people think of climate activism, it's usually climate strikes or beach cleanups, and none of those can happen on a screen. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think the inspiration was brewing, but it started when I attended the Bronx Youth Climate Summit. Mm, um, yeah. yeah. And then I thought it would be awesome to bring the idea back to the Bay Area um, and connect all of these environmental clubs through the city. Um, since I'd been running mine at Lick for a little bit and we'd been connected with a few other schools and really were interested in creating a sort of network of those people so after that i brought the idea to my fellow environmental club co-leaders at lick and we started recruiting a team dory you were an og yes. member <laughs> yes um, and we recruited people for things like social media and workshops and we had this application um and after that, we started having meetings. That was honestly a big hurdle for me um, yeah. as an introvert. <laughs> let's just say that running meetings with 25 people was not the most comfortable idea for me. Um, but I think I, I learned by just doing them, um, how to make them effective and productive. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we ran meetings throughout the summer to plan our first summit, which happened on September 12, 2020. Um, and we had 16 different workshops about everything from fast fashion to coral reefs. Um, we had discussion sessions. Um, and then we had a climate action planning portion at the end where people got to make plans that they would actually pursue throughout the year.
1: Yeah yeah no the the summit went so well. I was so impressed with us and how much how much work really went into it. I feel like I had never been part of something that felt so professional in terms of working with a network of other people and planning something like that that was had no no real connection to a school or anything like that. It was like entirely a new thing in itself. So, yeah. I think that was a really great explanation of what BCS is and how far it's come. Do you wanna talk about um, the upcoming summit and how the planning has been going for that?
2: Yes, Dory, you can probably speak to this as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, but we are in the process of planning our 2021 summit mm-hmm. um, and this year it's going to be hybrid, which is very exciting. Um, yes. No, really pumped for that. Um, yes. So we're gonna have the virtual piece on Saturday, and then the in-person piece on Sunday. So this way, it can have sort of both a global and a local focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and we won't we won't give a date yet because that is yet to be completely confirmed. But hopefully, in the next coming weeks, we will have a set date. And who knows, this episode might be, might be up by the time we've announced our official, our official dates. But yeah, we definitely have a lot, a lot of work to go before, before the summit, but I know we're all so excited and really, we're finally, I think, starting to dive into the real planning and scheduling workshops and keynote speakers and, I know I'm going to have a lot of social media work to delegate <laughs> in the next <laughs> coming weeks as we start to announce all of that. So yeah, we'll be we'll be very busy. Yeah.
2: Oh yes,
0: we will. Stay tuned for the day, though. Dorian mentioned mm-hmm. that you had to do a lot of your work um, online last year, obviously, because of COVID and people not mm-hmm. being able to be in person. Was social media something you were comfortable with going into? like the creation of base yes or was that something you like had to pick up skills and, and learn along the way
2: I mean I think I, I knew a little bit about it um but it was deaf I learned a lot um through doing it um and I think I didn't think we intended to use it as much of a platform as it ended up being um but we realized that it was a great way to connect with people our age, since everyone was spending so much time online and on social media um, during, COVID. and so it was a great way to reach people and connect with them. Yeah, yeah, I know. I have learned so much
1: about social media that I did not have going into the summit, and both from student council and BCS, mostly from BCS, because that's where I really started using. Canva and learning about graphic design and what looks good in a post and writing captions, reposting stories, all of it. So I've definitely, I've definitely gained a lot of experience regarding social media um, from BACS.
2: Story is the story (laughs) queen. Yes.
1: Oh yes. I literally, I feel so bad for everyone signed into our Instagram because every morning I'll go through my own feed and just find whatever, appropriate post to put on our story and send it to our base CS account so everyone who signed in gets the notification notifications from me every morning <laughs> saying dory miller sent a photo by future earth dory miller sent a photo by intersectional environmentalists whatever it may be but yeah i'm very active on our on our story <laughs>
0: Speaking of the lessons you learned, what would you say would be the most significant thing you've learned since starting BCS?
2: Honestly, I think just AM high, none of us at all expected the outcome we had with that first summit, mm-hmm. um, especially coming from the idea stage. We thought, oh, maybe 50 people would show up and we definitely did not expect 300 Um, And I think uh, we did have our expectations low, but we really aimed high with our imagination um, and what we wanted the event to look like.
0: 300 people. Wow. That's, that's a lot. That's.
1: Yeah. I always forget how many people and I love, I love going to our, and we'll, we'll link the base CS website in our show notes, but. Uh, we have a whole section called By the Numbers, and it talks about all of the different countries people came from, different states, different time zones, all of that. And I think it's really cool, and it really shows how universal um, caring about climate justice is. So I thought that was a really, really amazing accomplishment of the summit was how far of an audience they've reached.
0: Um I guess our next question is what advice would you give to aspiring activists looking to start their own organization like BCS um any networking tips that you think they should get started with
2: um my advice is that you don't have to be the next Greta Thunberg I mean (laughs) only one of her lots of us yes um but It sounds weird coming from me, but you don't have to start your own organization. There are Mm -hmm. so many amazing youth-led or adult-led policy-focused or restoration-focused, all these different organizations um, that you can join and be a part of. Um, Mm -hmm. And I joined Fridays for Future Digital. It's been an awesome experience. Um, And, but if you are starting your own organization, I think the most important thing is finding good teammates and a variety of yeah. teammates um, that can work on different things and have different skills and strengths and areas that they need to work on um, and places they're from. I've met so many cool people um, through the summit. And then, yeah, you- yeah.
1: <laughs> it's okay. I was just going to say, do you want to explain a little bit about how our Teams work within BCS and why it's so important to have the different skill sets on a team and yeah, just what those are for our organization.
2: Okay, let's see if I can do these off the top of my head. (laughs) You can do it. Okay. We have social media, workshops and logistics. That's a joint team, outreach and partnerships, website, newsletter, climate action planning. I think that's it I think that's it too um yeah but they sort of range from everything from like doing social media and graphic design like Dory does to writing op-eds for our newsletter um Mm -hmm. to cold emailing random environmental organizations (laughs) to get them to do workshops oh yes and then to going through google sheets and copying and pasting emails and sorting people into workshops So there's quite a variety of what our team members do. And I don't think any Mm -hmm. of that is what you would imagine climate activism looking like, but it comes in many forms.
0: Definitely. (laughs) How successful have you been with those cold emails, cold call emails, I guess?
2: It depends. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a work in progress. Work work in progress. But Um, I will say that... um, adults love youth involved in the climate space and they love getting emails from groups of youth involved in the climate (laughs) space
1: yeah yeah definitely more individuals are the ones who are more likely to respond less larger organizations like we did a um we did a community fridge drive where we collected different um hygiene products and created kits but we we reached out to various organizations looking for sock donations, for like protein bar donations. And those ones were a hit or miss. I think they were a lot harder to get a hold of. But we tried. We got a few responses, I would say.
2: We got, I think we got more than a few. We ended up getting over $15,000 worth of donations. Actually, yeah.
0: Yes. Oh, wow. true, That's That's really impressive. Yeah. Those all went towards the kits, all of the mm-hmm. supplies and yeah. issues you got. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess we did do pretty well for Yeah.
0: I'd count that I as like, a yeah, success. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess I underestimated how much we did get. There was just a few of the larger organizations that we didn't get a response from, but that was that was expected, honestly.
0: Doesn't hurt to try, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay, so moving into the next question. Um and this is more regarding the theme of our podcast and um, women's representation in media and different career fields. But the question is, what career slash career track are you working to pursue? Why do you think there needs to be more women in this field or this specific role?
2: So I am looking to go into climate policy. So in college, in the future, I'm hoping to major in environmental studies and then maybe minor in political science. Um, So I can look at politics and the climate and how they intersect. Um, And I think it's really important because most people in these decision-making roles about our environment and our climate are men. Um, And studies show that women will be impacted and displaced at higher rates by the climate crisis. And in this recent Guardian article that I read, um, (laughs) it shows that men contribute more to the climate crisis. I just saw that too. Yeah, they emit more CO2 than women. So I know it's time for us to have a seat at the table. Seriously,
0: seriously, for sure.
1: That was a great response. Oh my gosh. Um, So yeah, I guess we can trickle into the next question. Um, This is a little different than what we've been talking about, but we know this is something that people people want to know a lot of the time because as as much as climate activism is really important and truly the best way you can contribute to the fight against climate change, it is nice to have some ways you can change your uh, your own life in even the smallest forms and just reduce your carbon footprint. So we were just wondering what Uh, what is the best way to get started to live a more sustainable lifestyle and maybe what are some things you do in your own life?
2: So scientifically, the thing that inspires people the most is seeing other people take action. Mm -hmm. Um, So for example, I am pescatarian. I take a lot of public transit um, and I thrift most of my clothes or get them secondhand. Um, But I'd say what's most important is talking about what you're doing and these sustainable steps you're taking, talking about it with family and friends, because, I mean, honestly, on its own, recycling a bottle, as I said earlier, (laughs) will probably not make a difference. Um, But if you start conversations with people and inspire others, it can. Um, Like, for example, I got my dad to start using Ecosia. It was an exciting moment. (laughs) And I convinced That's awesome. Him, oh, another thing. Um, Voting for climate candidates, very important. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Especially since climate change is such a political issue right now. Yeah. Um So I also convinced my dad to vote for Jackie Fielder. Not to be confused Yay. with Jackie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so talking with your family and friends about politics and about climate candidates is also just as important
1: yeah yeah that's the the last part is so so true i remember that was something we really we really talked about um during election season um on BCS and all over our social media we were <laughs> encouraging people to vote if they could encouraging them to reach out to people that can vote and educating them on who to vote for I know I made my parents sit down and was like okay this person this person this person this person so on (laughs) so yeah that's a really and also just talking about what you're doing I agree is so important I can't I can't count the amount of arguments I've had with people about things I know it sounds silly but like using plastic all the time and that that one's hard to avoid and like plastic straws. There's a lot of jokes about that and save the turtles, whatever, but it is, if you can avoid it, it's really, it's really important too. And I know that is one of my biggest pet peeves is seeing an excessive use of plastic when getting takeout and things like that. So I try to avoid it as best as I can and use reusable containers and things like that. But yeah, just starting conversations with people is so so important whatever whatever the thing is that you do to live more sustainably yeah yeah so I think that pretty much sums up the episode um Jackie do you have anything you want to add on any questions that you've come up with
0: no I think Amelia did an amazing job of answering all of our questions and being the very first guest on our podcast which I think is super. yes
1: thank you (laughs) Um, we're so glad it worked out for you to come on to the podcast and just share about what you're doing and i really hope that our listeners last time i almost said viewers again in our last episode i kept calling our listeners viewers despite them not actually being able to see us but i really hope our listeners take inspiration from you um whatever it is they're interested in um whether it be climate activism or starting an organization completely unrelated to that. Um, I know I've been so inspired by you over the past year and all you've done for BCS and just in the climate justice movement as a whole. So we really appreciate you coming on today and just sharing about yourself and what you've been doing. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And we wanted to plug your social media. So obviously we have the BayCS Instagram. It is at Bay Area YCS. And I believe that is our Twitter as well. Those are our main forms of social media. Our Twitter has not been the most active. I was on it for a little bit, but Instagram is where most of our information and our posts go. So definitely check that out. But Amelia, I don't know if you want to share your personal account or anything like that.
2: Sure, uh, my personal account on Instagram is at Amelia.FortGang and my email is very unique, AmeliaFortGang.bevo.com. <laughs> but yes, feel free to reach out to me with anything. Yeah, awesome.
0: Yeah, we hope everyone listening enjoyed this episode with Amelia and got to learn a little bit more about climate activism and getting um, getting involved.
1: Yeah, Thank you so much again. And we'll see everyone back at our. Well, no, change, changing that. We'll edit that out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't oh, know where. Lighting I going is that. so weird. I'm trying to change know, it. Was, you you're all good. I was like, you were. It
1: is, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> the viewers. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the viewers. Yeah. The viewers. And moving. Right. Yeah. So thank you so much, Amelia. We again, we really appreciate you coming on and. We can't wait to be back next week with a new guest for a new episode. So we'll see everyone then. Bye. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Bye.